You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Packers Talk. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave in an unusual Saturday morning before the game podcast. You know, typically we like to do our podcasts after the game. Uh, Packers play Carolina tomorrow. We would typically, you know, take a little time, listen to a couple podcasts, read some articles, kind of see what social media is saying about the game. Not this time, my friend. No, 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 no. This time it is a pre-Carolina game podcast. And we're going to have some Packers content coming up in just a bit. But we have another reason why we wanted to get this podcast out now before the game. First off, we are not going to be able to do a post-Carolina game podcast until a week from now, like in other words, during the bye week. Uh, Our schedules won't allow us to get together before that time. We didn't want to wait that long because we have a lot of thanking to do. And uh, we wanted to recognize some people uh, that have been very kind and supportive of the podcast. And uh, I think, Dave, it might be nice if, if we run through the list of these people. And, uh, you know, these are all, you know, good friends of ours, and we can add comments uh, about each one of them uh, along the way as our way of providing a special thank you uh, to people who um, have uh, discovered Patreon and have been very kind to Packers Therapies. Does that sound like a way to proceed? That sounds really good. I It was. I was – I didn't think the Patreon that we mentioned was going to do a whole lot because we haven't teased anyone with an extra, you know, something extra for uh, being a, a page. Is are you a patron or are you are you Patreon? Is, I think I think I think you're a patron. You uh, go to Patreon, but you're a patron once you make a commitment. Got it. So I I think we probably should come up with something now that people have uh, embraced that sort of off season podcast. Um, Maybe make T-shirts. Uh, maybe we can get Canute to make us some T-shirts from Norway. Um, but run, yeah, I think naked through a public square would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you first. You first. <laughs> oh yes, right. Uh, the uh, yeah, but I think it's a really good idea when you uh, texted me. I was in the middle of a very important meeting, which I quickly uh, distracted myself and went uh, and texted <laughs> you back and forth to to set this up. So I'm ready to go. Well, I first I, w- I want to recognize uh, Pastor Kevin who's been with us on this podcast, it's got to be, what, at least a decade longer, because we've been 15 years, but it's kept me like 13 probably, something like that, long time. Uh, he's our he's our first uh, patron. And I think the great thing is, Dave, um, the way he's supporting his, uh, his, uh, pa- his patronage of us, uh, he's taking money directly out of the collection plate uh, <laughs> at his church in uh, North Carolina. So thank you, Pastor Kevin. We do appreciate that. Um, and all of these, except for what I'm going to mention later, all United States dollars, but a lot of these people are not from the United States, like John, John Sturrock, you know, our, 
our man, our Scottish friend who works uh, in the UK, uh, one of our very first listeners. Uh, we also have Jack Broad. Now, Jack, is it? Jack might be Australian. I'm not. I'm not sure. But the the money's coming in in the United States dollars, and that's all we care about, right? I mean, that is is he definitely could be from anywhere. That's right. Yeah, as long as long as it's in U.S. dollars and we can spend it, we are good with that. Uh, of course, uh, our our newly minted uh, chief technology officer Nick, who set this whole thing up for us, and we thank you, Nick, uh, for for joining in and showing the way to make this happen. Uh, Logan Robertson. Uh, chiming in. We appreciate that, Logan. You've been a great listener for a long time. Patrick, Patrick Keogh, uh, our Irish uh, correspondent, uh, again, paying in United States dollars, and we definitely appreciate that. So thank you. Um, then we have, oh, Scott Nyer came in just recently with a very uh, nice uh, patronage. We uh, appreciate that deeply. Am I forgetting? Oh, yes. No, we have one person that did it old school, rocked it old school. Uh, paying in euros, but paying through PayPal, which we do accept. Still, we still have the PayPal account going, and that's uh, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com at PayPal. And I, Chuck, uh, one of the inventors of the iPhone, go on the internet and check it out. He doesn't go by iChuck there, but he's going to use his real name there. Uh, and uh, he really dug deeply, and we'll have to get out the conversion calculator because iChuck right now is uh, our man in Paris, and uh, thank you for that. And also, I don't know if you got your box yet, Dave, uh, but I got mine just this morning from iChuck. Uh, came all the way from Paris. And it was a rather heavy box uh, filled with all of the latest Apple products uh, that uh, Chuck has sent along. So I'm sure you'll be getting yours soon in St. Louis. I especially like those new AirPod Pros. Uh, thank you for that, Chuck. Very generous in addition to your uh, gift to us via PayPal. Uh, so let's see. Am I forgetting any of our of our uh, patrons, people that have been uh, kind enough to uh, chip in? You can look at your list there and see if I've forgotten anybody. Let's see. Going through uh, Walgreens is not a patron. Uh, not not yet, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you have, and I, 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 we would deeply apologize if we have missed anyone. Um, I think from what I've saved, I think you've hit everyone. You know what? I think if I've missed anybody, the way to punish us is to double your uh, <laughs> monthly yeah. pa uh, Patreon. Um, so anyway, Dave, you're now about to explain to everybody exactly how someone can go to Patreon and support this podcast. Go, Dave. Take it from there. Um, all right. Uh, I think you go to Patreon.com. It's been a while okay. since the setup. And I think you look for uh, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com and – or Packers Therapy at Patreon.com. It's it's <laughs> if great. you search I for it, <laughs> it, do you want me to pause the podcast and have you go look? No, no. I, 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 I watch it continue going. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I just set it up. I didn't actually use it. Um, I think you go on the Patreon site, search for Packers Therapy, and follow the uh, very simple instructions, I think. Well, this this is the thing. Now, we are recording this podcast in early November the holidays are just around the corner. You know what people can do? If if you love somebody, this is the gift you Set can give. Free? You can – well, no, not free. We, we, we don't do free on Packers Therapy. Okay. Uh, what you can do is in their name, you can uh, support Packers Therapy via Patreon or PayPal. Either way is fine. It's the – it is a Christmas gift that is sure to get you rewarded if you know what I mean. 
so anyway, uh, we wanted to get that um, out of the way and thank everybody for that uh, because we, to be very honest, we did not expect uh, so many people uh, to be so kind and generous and support us on a monthly basis with Patreon and uh, our boy our I Chuck doing the the PayPal thing. Um, you know, this is something for years people can download it for free, and it really means a lot to Dave and I both uh, when people would actually want to pay for something they could get for free. And that's very, very kind. And I know we do a lot of kidding about this sort of thing. But please understand that um, we are grateful for that. And it does keep us going. When when people like it enough that they would pay for something they don't have to, um, you know, that makes us want to, uh, you know, get up. Uh, I was going to say get up early on a Saturday morning, but it's 10 o'clock. So you know, well, that's not really. Yeah, yeah. But but for us, hey, when when you get in at seven o'clock in the morning from the night before, that's kind of early. So right. there you go. Yeah. That's right. Hey, I promised some Packers content, um, and that was probably a mistake on my part. But uh, I did receive a very interesting message today uh, from my guy, Big Snake Man, uh, who I think we've, we've talked about frequently on this podcast. He is the um, he was uh, not only the best man in my wedding, he's one of the best men I've ever known in my life. Forty years has been my friend, and so we are in regular. Uh, correspondence about a variety of things. Um, we had a very good exchange about the movie Blazing Saddles, which I will not share on this podcast. Um, but he had some thoughts today that I wanted to to run past you and get your feelings about them, seeing as how we're doing a Packers podcast. So here, here's what Big Snake Man had to say. And he has a rare hot take, which is not usually his style. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. He says, it seems the general consensus among fans is that Mike Pettin's defense is a vast improvement over the schemes of Don Capers. But from where I sit, their relative approaches seem largely similar in that they are willing to accept giving up large chunks of yardage in exchange for trying to create turnovers. The only real difference I see is that Pettin may have a little better talent level to work with. Frankly, I thought Pettin was overrated last year, mostly because of the low expectations everybody had after all the injuries. Essentially, the biggest asset he has going for him in the eyes of the fans is that he's a fresh face after years of capers fatigue. I don't know that we've really seen the defense improve much as the season's gone along. It could be argued that they've become less effective. I'm not saying Pettin is necessarily a bad fit, but I wonder how long it will take fans to become disenchanted with him if current trends continue, I suppose that will ultimately depend on how far the team advances in the playoffs. So that's from Big Snake Man. Uh, it was intended for me, uh, but I checked with him, and he's cool with us uh, sharing his, quote, hot take. What do you think about that, Dave? Do you, do, do you think that um, Mike Pettin is getting a lot of love on the basis of what happened last year which was an improvement over Capers, but really people just are kind of good with him right now because he's not Dom Capers, and the defense is problematic despite the talent upgrade, uh, and that, you know, Petten's getting the pass, and pretty soon people are going to turn on him. What do you think? Mm. It's a really good question because I, I'm one of those people. I am a Petten fan, and Last year, I don't really recall why it was. You know what it was that was particularly special. I mean, we had a couple of new position, new players with Jerry Alexander who helped the defense, and so talent-wise, 
Uh, they had some some good players last year. When they kept him, I was excited for that because I thought, yeah, you know, it's I'm glad he wants to stay. I'm glad they want him. So they're impressed with him to keep him through a coaching change. But I have to admit that after the – it wasn't a San Diego game. I guess what was the game? They were up um, um, 14 nothing, And then um, what was the game before the San Diego game? Ugh. Well, yes, we we can't Should remember that. Pause part. the podcast again, and this no, is what I happens. Don't, I don't know. This Kansas is the, City. This Kansas is City. why this is why people are are paying <laughs> for this because we have no idea what we're talking about. No. But go on. Please. At yeah. Kansas City, I thought that uh, they played very passively. We talked about and rather than be a super aggressive defense, and so that was the first time I thought uh, I was really disappointed in the way they sort of schemed that defense. And then against uh, San Diego. Um, Especially after seeing the Raiders, uh, I guess they sacked. Um, I, this is really bad to do podcasts on Saturday mornings. Uh, the quarterback <laughs> for San Diego, like yeah. six, five or six times, and uh, he threw two interceptions. They really got in his face, and we didn't choose to do that. Um, <clears throat> and I want my defensive coordinator to be aggressive. I want to see, I want to see creativity on both sides of the ball. I want to see blitzing. From different areas, I want to see lots of people at the line of scrimmage. And sometimes they go, and sometimes they pull back. I feel like we see that every once in a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm starting to wonder if if that might be the case. I didn't really think about it until you you read Mike's email, but um, I <clears throat> I don't know. I, I that's a very good possibility. I will answer the question that how long will people be satisfied with Petten? Um, I think if they lay an egg this year because the defense can't stop anybody, then I think it's going to be the end of this year. The, the, the honeymoon is over for him. Um, it's a really good question. I, I don't know why he's uh, kind of become less aggressive and become this bend don't break. Maybe it's, it's coming from the head coach to say, look, we're going to score touchdowns and you know, you just let them score f- uh, field goals. Although I don't, if we can stop them on third down, why not do that instead of the, the whole bend don't break thing? <laughs> Um, and you know, big plays over the top, they're, they're giving up big plays anyway. So uh, it's a very good question. I was certainly tired of Dom capers because the defense was bad year after year. And I didn't like it that he's up in the booth. Um, he didn't really excite me in his press conferences. Uh, you know, Petten's on the field, his press con- you know, he sounds, he looks like a defensive coordinator that I want to be my defensive coordinator. He's big, bald, uh, looks, looks mean. Uh, right. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what I, what I want. Dom yeah. Capers look like a friendly old grandpa. Um, so I, I guess when you look at the results so far, what we're seeing this year outside of the early games, I thought, you know, against the bears, they had a good game, but that was against the bears as we're finding, uh, it's not very good offensively anyway. That's a long winded answer <clears throat> to say, I think it's a really good question. And I, I am a little disappointed as well that they're not a more aggressive, creative defense at this point. But I think the things that you you seized on, I think, are exactly um, why Patton has gotten a large pass to this point. And there's also one other element. Um, until last season, I think all of his defenses had been top ten defenses. Wherever he had gone, whatever he had done, you know, his defenses had always been good. And so people were uh, positively uh, predisposed. But I think some of the things that you've mentioned are really important. He looks like a defensive coach, right? He's, he's barrel-chested. You mentioned he's bald. He has a certain kind of affect. 
I guess he's, you know, got a way of speaking that kind of, you know, inspires people from the, either from the podium or from in front of the team. Uh, he he has a visage, I guess you might say. Uh, he's also made the decision to come on the sidelines, and I think a lot of fans like that. They think, you know, you're in that guy's face. You know, you're right there. Like some of us, you know, played football during a time where you know coaches used to, you know, grab your face mask and yell in your face and come on, you know. And by the way, the the, the coach, the, the team that I played on, the, the coach did it. We we were zero and six, you know. So yeah, it it it, it doesn't mean anything, but it kind of says football. You know, it's right. one of those kinds <clears> of things. And so I think people are likely, and this is how human beings are. You know, when you see someone who is physically attractive, you know, uh, tall and, uh, I don't know, six, two with a boyish face. Uh, <clears throat> you're, you are, you are bound to give that person, um, man could be a woman. Um, you know, <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs> you're, you're, bound, <laughs> you're bound to give them the benefit of the doubt is, yeah. is the point. And I think that is, it's true with football coaches. I mean, not that they would, you know, look like they walked out of the pages of GQ, but they look like they walked out of the pages of Sports Illustrated. And so we have this idea that, yeah, this, this guy can coach, damn it, look at him there. You know, he looks mean and angry, his brow is, fur, is furrowed and he's bald and he's, oh God, he's got to be good. Um, and you're right, Dom Capers, uh, while he had a great reputation, you know, he'd be sitting up in the box and he'd look like your uncle or your grandpa. And and he did not inspire confidence. In fact, I remember one podcast we talked about, uh, you know, you were certain Dom was sleeping. And, you know, <laughs> for all I know, he might have been. I don't know. Uh, so we make certain judgments because we're fans and we watch the games. We don't go to practices. We don't really know a lot about the X's and O's. Most of us, some of us know more than others, but generally speaking, you know, we're on the outside. And so we make superficial judgments. And we've given this guy um, a real pass on based on a lot of superficial characteristics. But what we're seeing this season, I think, is a steady decay of the defense. Now, some of this could be because Kenny Clark – um, has not been the player that a lot of us thought he was going to be. I understand he's got um, a lower extremity injury, I think uh, maybe a calf injury or something like that that's been slowing him down a bit. Uh, we do not have Mike Daniels on the defensive line any longer. Uh, we're playing with s some try-hard guys and uh, Dean Lowry and Lancaster, uh, young players with Kiki out there. Montrevious Adams. Uh, I think the talent may be a bit of a question on the defensive line. Um, for some reason, poor Blake Martinez is just getting, I mean, he he's is. getting he's excoriated by people. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, he leads the league in tackles, but damn it, it's five yards down the field. Well, you know, I, I don't know what really what people expect him to do, come across the line and, you know, jump over Kenny Clark and get in the backfield. I mean, it's it's not necessarily his role to knife into the backfield and make a play, you know, the way the defense kind of goes, they have to keep guys off of him. The fact of the matter is, if he wasn't making that tackle, who would be? You know, I mean, he is he is making the, the tackles after all. And no one, though, is questioning the scheme. They're saying that the problem is Blake Martinez not making you know tackles in the backfield when none of us really know if the scheme is designed to have him making plays in the backfield. I also think that Dom Capers has a lot better talent to work with than Dom Capers did in the last few years of his tenure. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see how long he'll get a pass. And I think you're right. I also think Mike is right that um, the playoffs, should they make them, I think they probably will. But, 
you know, after last week's game in Los Angeles, I'm beginning to question that. Um, you know, I wonder if people, after the season's done and they look back at the carnage of the year, if they're going to start pointing the finger at the defensive coordinator. I think that's probably what's going to end up happening unless we see some kind of mid-season change like in 2014 when uh, they moved Clay Matthews to middle linebacker where he should have stayed, by the way, and the defense was magically transformed. I mean, they began stopping the run. They became a lot better defense, a defense that should have gone to the Super Bowl uh, for reasons we won't talk about. And I'm just wondering if they if they have a rapid to pull out of the hat this year. I don't think it's going to be uh, if Ibrahim Campbell's return that's going to transform them. Which is happening. Yes, this will happen this week. Um, But I kind of doubt that. Uh, Maybe I'm a little cynical there. I think the guy's um, okay, but Raven Green, who's injured, is probably a better player and would be, you know, better in that role. But we'll find out. Got a guy coming back from a knee injury, a serious one, an ACL. I'm not sure he's going to make that huge difference. So what's going to change? I mean, schematically, are they going to try to you know, run up field and play in the backfield like they were doing. Well, that that resulted in a lot of big gains on the ground. Uh, so they stopped doing that and they started being more of a of a passive defense. And that worked a little bit because they were bend but don't break. But then they were bending and breaking after that. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure if um, if Mike Pettin's going to be getting a break much longer. I think he's been running on some of these superficial characteristics that have helped him and to me at this point um i'm i'm not certain um that they've necessarily upgraded the defensive coordinator position as much as they've upgraded the talent right now well i i'm not ready to make that statement yet um because one thing that is frustrating i think the defense has played poorly uh, against some pretty good offenses like Kansas City, uh, you know, I think it's it's hard to slow them down even without Patrick Mahomes. But then, like last week, I felt the offense let them down. I think the best defense oh, sure. is when you have a good offense. You're you're not on the field as much. You're resting. You've got a lead. You can become more one dimensional where you're going after the passer. I mean, with San Diego, they were always behind and had to play everything honest and just never was able to to really be aggressive, although I wish they, they would from the start. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, I think be, if you have Kevin King, Alexander, <clears throat> Tremont Williams, and uh, you know your safeties are playing, although I guess two of them are questionable, Amos and Alexander are questionable for Carolina. But I think you've got a good backfield. I would take risks of man-to-man and go after the quarterback. And sure, you could give up a big big play, and Alexander gave up a big play uh, against San Diego where – the ball's kind of up in the air, and he wasn't able to to knock it down. But I, mm-hmm. I guess I would be yep. willing to give some of that up to be able to hit the quarterback a few times and make him uncomfortable. Um, and I feel like our pass rush with four is pretty pretty good. Um, I, I'd like to see five or six more often. I don't know the percentage of uh, blitzing that we've we've done this year, but it felt like we, you know, rushed four for the most part against San Diego and kind of played very loose underneath and we, we not very good against the run and we gave up sort of all kinds of passes. Um, I, so my answer would be to, to, to be more aggressive and to put more pressure on the, on the corners and safeties. Um, I did see this week, uh, did you read the article by Pete Doherty who was asking that very question? Is there a rabbit to pull out of the hat like they've had in the past? They talked about 
picking up uh, Green in the Super Bowl year, right? Yeah, uh, Howard Green, and uh, right. then moving Clay Matthews into the middle linebacker. His suggestion was to move Rashawn Gary inside. Um, yeah. He's saying we don't need another outside linebacker rushing the quarterback. And Rashawn Gary is kind of a one-trick pony right now, um, but he's he's big. He they were comparing his size to Aaron Donald, which I don't. He doesn't look. Uh, Aaron Donald seems a lot bigger to me than Rashawn Gary, but I guess they're they're comparable size. And you know, put him in the middle where his kind of bull rush and his athleticism could maybe suit that for a little bit better. And then you have your outside linebackers be the Smith brothers and Fackrell. Um, and I guess I don't know who who you give up there. Is it Lancaster or right. Lowry yeah. probably would, would be uh, – oh, because Kenny Clark is not going to go anywhere. So they were thinking, you know, could that be something that could really help the run game and that helps then the pass game because you have third and long more often. We'll see. I mean, he, he brought that out of the blue. I don't know as a sports writer, <laughs> do you – suggest things to the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, is that something I'd like to see them try something different. They're going to need to have some run support against Carolina with McCaffrey um, and, and, and minimize his impact on the game as best as possible. So I, I, I guess when yeah. your, your quote, your original question is, you know, is it just, they have a little bit better talent. It's the same. Um, I'm not ready to be there yet because let's see what happens after the buy. If they make any adjustments, um, I did like him last year, and I was super excited for him this year. It's it's just lately these last few games it's been really disappointing. You know, I I mean I think that's in a in a nutshell is, is the way I feel about it is that um, I don't know that Petten's any better, but I think the talent on the defense is uh, decidedly better. Uh, you, even Savage being injured, uh, having Alexander, the two guys they picked up with the Smiths. Uh, there's a lot more talent with Rashawn Gary, even though he it's questionable whether or not he you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. It's just it's not it's not clear, but they just have a lot, you know, better, deeper defense. And I think that's the reason why there's been some marginal improvements. They have better players. The scheme, I'm not really sure as you know, we've talked or I you know, certainly made this point a number of times. I, I really think it's less about X's and O's and more about Billy's and Joe's. And they've got better Billy's and Joe's on the defense. I'm not sure schematically they can change anything. Although, like you say, um, it would be nice to see, you know, more five man, you know, an occasional six man rush of the passer. I'd like to see more of that. I don't know if having Gary uh, playing with his hand in the dirt is going to necessarily make the Packer defense any better. But what I do agree with that article that you referenced uh, from Pete Doherty is that they don't know yet um, how to use him. Uh, they they have a player with a lot of talent, measurables. Uh, the, the guy is kind of a freak. He weighs 277. Aaron Donald weighs 280. Maybe the difference is just finding out a way to use the talent that Gary has. And they've tried him as a, you know, as a stand-up outside, you know, rush guy, maybe he would be more effective, you know, playing in a different kind of of role on the defensive line as opposed to, you know, trying to bring him off the edge as a linebacker. The point is, is they've they've got a guy with talent and they didn't have that before. And whether or not that will realize itself, I think that is an open question in terms of schematically, though, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm not. I, let me back up. I don't. I'm not trying to suggest that Mike Pettin, you know, is a bad coach, doesn't know what he's doing, 
um, you know, that his schemes are poor. I'm not saying any of that stuff because I think that if you get to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, you probably know your X's and O's and you're probably pretty good at what you do. Um, so you, I think his schemes are probably okay, but there are limitations in the talent and they have better talent than they did before. So I think their defense is better than it was before, but I think there are limits. You can only be as good as that talent allows you to be. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, just rip on Mike Pettin here as being, you know, bad. I just think that he's given a longer leash right now because this is only his second season and people do tend to kind of let a guy go. And I think a lot of people got tired of Dom Capers. He was in place for a long time. And you, you remember, Dave, he was the toast of the town the first couple of years because sure. he was different and things were working out. And it was it kind of all changed in 2011 when they were last in yardage. But they saw a lot of turnovers. And I think people were beginning to ask questions. And then it kind of went downhill uh, from there. Maybe the answer and this is cynical and you'll pardon me for this, but maybe the answer is every three years you change out the defensive coordinator, you know, because that way it's always fresh, right? It's always different. And, you know, you're, you never get bored and you have a different look and you, you give that guy, you know, the benefit of the doubt for a couple of years before you change him out after three years and bring the next guy in. Well, you do it, whether it's changing it or reinventing yourself. I, I believe that change is necessary in sports. If you, I, I think McCarthy's offense was, very similar, and after a while, that was figured out. There was no real adjustment, I thought, that, that he had. Um, I do think it's fair to criticize Blake Martinez at this point. I, I think he's a safe player, but he's, a, a, he's not an impact player. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of videos on Twitter I saw where, you know, there was a hole that was open, the running back hit that hole, and uh, when Martinez sort of filled it, he either bounced off, you know, or was dragged five yards rather than you know, he has a one-on-one -on -one situation there and he's just, he's not a, to me, he doesn't look like a really big guy. I'm sure if I saw him in person, I think he's a big guy, but, um, and I would certainly, uh, respect that, but you know, he doesn't <laughs> you <certainly would. laughs> blow guys up. He sort of is a, um, kind of a shirt tackler, kind of a high tackler, but it's, it's a kind of a more of a tryhard guy and they certainly would do much better if they had someone who was, uh, very talented there. I, I think some of that is a fair criticism. And Rashawn Gary is your first round pick uh, on defense, and he's basically invisible this year. Um, you know, if you could have picked up someone that was a real difference maker on the line or as a linebacker, you know, this defense would be meaningfully better. So I, I, I think there's some criticism of the talent that <clears throat> is is worth mentioning. I do appreciate, too, that Petten got rid of HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix last year in the middle of the season. Um, you know, he can't – it couldn't have just been a GM decision alone. You know, make, looking at what you have and seeing what's a lost cause and just being done with it, I don't know if Capers would have done that. Um, I can't recall him – I don't recall the Packers ever doing that. Um, so that, that I appreciate. I, I might give Petten another season, Grace, if uh, just for letting HaHa -Ha go, um, which now the Bears are finding out how terrible he is. So let's look ahead uh, and right. before we, we wrap this one up. Um, we usually don't have you know, the luxury of doing this the day before a game. But now that you've kind of you know, read the articles and you heard people talking and you've talked to friends and looked at social media, what are you thinking about uh, tomorrow's game against Carolina? Well, <clears throat> a couple of things that I've seen. Uh, I saw one article, and I, I don't have the journal Sentinel um, – Login. So um, either oh. you need to give it to me, or I should. I'll 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 share mine with okay. you. Okay, it's, it's, it's no problem. I think they like that. 
Um, and they had an article about, I think Rogers said he wants to kind of be back to their, the offense that's truly us. He wants to give uh, Jones and Williams uh, 10 to 20 touches a game. In fact, I think it was literally something that we had said in the podcast that yeah. Jones should touch it 15 to 20 and Williams probably 10 to 15. And I thought Rogers literally said that. And I thought, well, he listens to the podcast. Of that, course maybe, he does. Maybe that's right. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> we should start to just rather react. We should just give advice. I'm um, waiting for his Patreon, by the way. Yeah. That should that should be sweet. That would be uh, very special. Um, you know, then do it. You know, that st- stop scrambling around and looking downfield and going to three or four, you know, options and then get sacked. If you want to get the ball, you know, get the play in, get to the line of scrimmage, hike it with five seconds or ten seconds rather than zero, and and get it to your playmakers, especially Jones and Williams. So if they're serious about that then I like their chances on offense. Um, and then defensively, I guess the thing I'm keying on is who is Kyle Allen, the quarterback? Um, it's five and one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, I look at his stats. He was 17 for 32, 232 yards. Uh, his average is around seven. Um, he had a quarterback rating of 84. Okay. And I don't know what his – this is against the Titans um, – is he a special player? You know, can is this going to be a little bit of a run first, throw second uh, team? If that's the case, I, I I like our chances on that. I know McCaffrey ran for 146 yards uh, and can be pretty dangerous, but um, I think you know someone that can kill us with the pass. Um, I, I would I, is, I think is harder for us right now than someone that's a good running team. I think you can get a stop. And then get a, a holding penalty or something that creates a, a second and long, third and long. And then if that quarterback can't make magic happen, then I think we can get off the field a couple of times. So those are, I, I'm optimistic. I would predict a win at home in the cold. How cold is it up there, by the way? It's very cold. It's uncomfortably cold. Um, right now, it's, it's not so bad. It's 34 right now. But uh, yesterday morning, I woke up five degrees. <laughs> not, not five degrees Fahrenheit for those of you who aren't in the U.S., uh, five degrees Fahrenheit translates to it's cold as hell. Okay? <laughs> yeah, in, uh, on on any scale, on okay? a, the universal yeah. uh, temperature system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, t- tomorrow, I think the high, well, that's the plover high. I think it's supposed to be 32. So we're only 100 miles to to the west, Green Bay. So probably about the same. It'll be around freezing uh, for the high. Now the game though starts at three o'clock. Um, Makes it colder. Given, yeah. Given given where we are, you know, you can. Pick out your globe if you're not from the U.S. You know, uh, Green Bay is a higher latitude, so probably by five o'clock it's going to be dark. Um, and of course, you don't have to be a scientist to understand when the sun is not around, it gets colder. Uh, so I'm guessing that uh, game time temp is probably going to be 30-ish, probably going into the middle 20s by the time the game is over. So I, I you know, the Packers live there; they're at home. They're one game away from getting into the bye at eight and two. I think you're going to get the best game from the Packers, uh, best effort focused. <clears throat> They're not going to show up late, uh, meaning partying less uh, the night before. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a much better team. I think if if we get into a game where we're trailing into a third quarter, it's uh, say it's twenty one to ten and we're just sort of struggling on offense, then I am gonna be very concerned for the rest of the season. Even going seven and three into the bye is not bad. Mm. But especially if they, when you got San Francisco on the other <clears throat> side of the bye. Yeah, I I think I wanna see them I want them to win this game at home. I want to see the offense play 
figure out a way to get Devontae Adams involved, but also either use him as a decoy or go to him once they have entirely committed to Jones and Williams and then Devontae is open. Like, go get what the defense is giving you. Um, I want to see that tomorrow. And if they do that and they win, uh, then I, I'm back on the on the bandwagon of optimism for this season. Um, you know, I think there's a chance the Packers could win, you know, convincingly. But unless they're the team that showed up in San Diego, if that's the real team, the team that, like you said, are they ex- were they exposed? Are they were they lucky, um, or are they the good team that played really well against Kansas City and and uh, Dallas and some other teams? So um, I'm predicting a win. I think it can be by seven or more. Uh, because I think they're highly motivated. And, uh, you know, Carolina's on a good streak, but coming into Green Bay in the cold, it's getting dark. Uh, if Green Bay can get a lead, I think Carolina could uh, just huddle around the heater sometime <laughs> around the third quarter and just want to get out of there. So I, I think the Packers win by seven or more. All right. I, I also think the Packers win, but by seven or less. Uh, I think the problem with this game for Green Bay is is some of the matchups um, are not favorable to them. Now, some of them, I you know, are, and that's why I think this game is going to be close uh, because you know both teams do things that the other team doesn't do well. Uh, but I think the advantage that Green Bay has is playing at home. I think there is a high motivation factor here because of how lousy they looked last week, and because they're going into the bye. And I think they want to go into the bye. Um, on an up note, they don't want to sit on a two-game losing streak into the bye. And they also know they got San Francisco on the back side of that. And, you know, you lose tomorrow, you might be looking at a three-game losing streak after the following weekend. You don't, you don't want that to happen, and that could really blow up what has been a, a promising season. So I think there's a, a high degree of motivation. You've got the advantage of playing at home you've got actually i think it's an advantage of having played lousy the week before so i expect them to win but i expect them to win narrowly just because there are places that they don't match up well against uh, against carolina now that doesn't take into account you know the injury situation i mean if you if you lose somebody if you lose aaron jones in the first quarter you know uh it, it could be problematic you know if, if if you lose one of the smiths in the second quarter you know that that could change things as well but all things being equal if you know things gonna you know go go to form i think the packers are the better team and i think they win this game but i think by less than seven points so <clears throat> how about this the uh, packers are favored by five yep. um are you think less than five or would you uh you think that would you take the Packers with with five points, giving five points? I, I well, well, first I want to <laughs> say I like your husky morning voice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think it's it's all that partying. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I showed up late uh, to home last night. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go if I'm looking at the number at five. I'm I'm saying I'm I'm taking under on that. Take the under. You, you pick Carolina, then. I think is what you mean. Well, right. Yes, what I, is what the over/under is not five points. <laughs> I no, take the no, over. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. You would take Carolina. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to put money on Carolina to uh, if, if they're getting five points. Cover, uh, I believe they say that, right? Uh, yeah. Only be, I'm hedging my emotion. If uh, so, if the pa- Packers lose, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to go stay out late again. Uh, again. So still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like I do every every Sunday. Yeah. 
Well, okay, uh, we promised a short podcast. I think we've delivered a short podcast. Uh, there was no betting lines because we did those uh, in the in the in the previous pod. Uh, is there um, anything else you want to cover? Is there like a like a like a um, um, I don't know a movie you're watching or something or a book you're reading or something you want to lay out there? Well, I'll just uh, give a little bit of insight into my life. This next week, the reason we're not getting together is I am traveling to Cleveland and then New York uh, through the weekend, and. Uh, I'm going to see two Broadway shows, and I'm hey. in New York with my daughter. Uh, would wow. you care to, if you had to pick two, uh, just off the top of your head, do you have any Broadway shows that you are your favorites? Uh, yes. No, I. But I'm I'm more of a of a theatrical guy. Um, I where I I would uh, prefer things like say, um, All My Sons or uh, Glass Menagerie. You know, something like a Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Uh, who is afraid of Virginia Woolf, rather than the, you know, South Pacific or, you know, Greece or those kinds of things. I'm not much of I'm not much of a musical guy. I would much prefer the, you know, the more traditional plays. Okay, well, we're seeing Phantom and Wicked. <laughs> so okay, yeah. uh, we're going for it's with my daughter. So uh, she hasn't seen either of those. And uh, I haven't seen Phantom in a long time, but Wicked I've seen a couple of times. Um, both will be fun. Uh, so if there are any Packer fans in uh, New York that I'm and I'm actually going to be on a plane during the Carolina game, so I'll have to watch on NFL.com. But I will I will be watching the whole thing in its entirety, so you get all my great insight into the game. Um, but uh, that's that's what I'm working. I mean, I'm kind of doing the same thing with uh, movies and things like that. I am looking forward to uh, Disney Plus is coming up soon with the the Star Wars uh, show Mandalorian. That's my uh, <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to that one. So that's that's all I have. Oh, Dave. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> never change. I, never 50. change. <laughs> 50 and I still uh, love Star Wars. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, and by the way, thank you for not hating me with OK Boomer. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, you, you'd be the first one this week not to do that. So uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's going to wrap Packers Therapy this time. Uh, we're we're going to watch the game, Rob, but we're going to let it simmer. And maybe age like a fine wine and give it a week to breathe. And then uh, a week or so, uh, hence, during the bye week, uh, Dave and I will be back. And we will talk uh, about the Packers game against Carolina, a game we both expect to end in a Packer victory. Uh, the question will be, will it be a whisper victory or will it be a loud, resounding, yeah? We'll have to wait and see uh, how the game comes out tomorrow. So Dave and I will be back in a week or so. We'll talk about the Carolina game. And until that time... I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.